And welcome everyone to the newest episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian. And I'm Craig. And uh, today we're doing things a little different. We're going to go ahead and switch the order of how we're doing this. We're going to go through... Keep me on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go through news. We're going to go through uh, a concert review. And then we're going to have an interview with the, uh, with the band Young Medicine, which I've been looking forward to for a while. Yeah, it should be a great show. And I can't believe it. we were just talking about this, but episode 20... The show, I, some sort of milestone. Time flies. Time does fly. <laughs> I thought the milestone was getting to the double digits. And then I was like, wait a second, now we have double bet. That's right. And that's so, not even counting all the other podcasts that I do on a regular basis, too. Exactly. You can, what, triple that, quadruple that for Quadru- you? Yeah. But this has been a lot of, I mean, dude, we're, we're having a lot of fun doing it. We're having great Absolutely. bands on. Like, yep. Getting we, to talk to people, discover new music, that's what it's all about. Hopefully, you know, we're we have we actually have interviews coming up that we can't even talk about yet. So hopefully we'll be able to, as each one gets put in the bank, we'll be able to start promoting them and, and going from there. So I think I actually think the whole promotion of young medicine early um, has been really helpful. So yeah. hopefully people have had a chance to check out their stuff. Uh, we're going to obviously go into a whole in-depth conversation with them later on in the show where you'll be able to learn a lot more. But hopefully you've had a chance to go ahead and check out some of their music, uh, which I really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. It's great stuff. So, yeah. So, Craig, do you want to I guess you want to start news right away? Yeah, let's kick it off with some news. So I put a couple things in here that I kind of uh, found this week. So Beartooth this week released a new song, Loser. Yep. So, again, kind of really getting close to that new album. Uh, I'm going to pull it up right here because I'm not sure. I forget when it comes out, actually. Yeah, actually, I, I totally forgot when and it comes out. I don't know. And of I think it's like it's June, not, right? I think it's, yeah, I think it's in like a month. But, yeah, uh, you know, another great song. Just, I mean, classic Beartooth stuff. I've yep. been really looking forward to this new album coming out. Um, I, I like Disgusting a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a great release. Yeah, it doesn't look like they... They change that much. I mean, they probably have progressed, but it's not like it's a complete change of pace from what Beartooth is. Yeah, of course. June third is when June third. Okay. Comes out. And it's called Aggressive, right? It is. Yep. It is. I'm gonna put it on my list right now. Actually, oh, while go. we're talking, so I don't forget. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I think I mentioned this on the show when they first made the announcement. But if you go to their website. Uh, you can check out all their merch bundles, and they have a lot of cool stuff there. So you can pre-order, because that is what a lot of bands nowadays, that's what they're getting their info from, is or how well they're going to be doing. Those pre-orders and those merch bundles really, really help out the artists. So if you can, if you like Beartooth, even if you haven't heard them, go listen to these new tracks, and then go and buy some merch. Because I'm pretty sure I've never heard anyone say, I don't like Beartooth. Yeah, no, they're and they're a great band. They they really touch on some really kind of interesting issues. Caleb is really raw in in his lyrics. The the music is really raw and emotional and just you know full of energy and passion. You could totally hear it come through. So and, and again, no change here with their new their new singles. Right, for sure. That's I'm definitely that's on my albums of summer list for sure. I mean, yes. we start. I mean, we start actually pretty early uh this friday because i mean if you're listening to this on time which is either wednesday night thursday morning somewhere around there uh the new pierce avail album uh miss uh misadventures comes out on friday as well that's right yeah so there i have three albums actually listed for friday here Ooh. so modern modern baseball comes out with their album holy ghost oh right yep. uh, on run for cover and dance kevin dance is releasing <gasps> ah. a live cd called yep. tree city sessions on rise and that comes out this friday as well that's right uh, 
Yeah. Dance Gavin Dance has been promoting actually a lot of their live uh, their live singles uh, that they recorded in studio here for for this Tree City sessions. Yeah. Uh, so they've been popping up on my feeds. Oh sure. And all just really good. These guys are really polished live. Yeah, I've heard a couple of them so far. Yeah, I always I always get a little bit nervous when a band does a live album because you don't know how it's really going to turn out. And you're yeah. like, are they trying to fulfill that final record in their <laughs> the record contract? You know, that kind of thing. Is it just going to sure. be shoved out there? But it sounds like this is a um, like really put together well. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And these guys pull it off pull it off well, right? Because that's always the other concern is not only are they just trying to shove something out there, but how do they pull it off when they play it all together as a band without kind of, you know, any of this post-production? I mean, obviously there's post-production, but right, like without any of that tweaking, like all the mistakes, whatever's going to be out there. Right. And it gives you an idea of how tight they are as a band. No, very true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I just had it. I Pierce Avale took so long. I mean, they're they're perfectionists uh, with the sound because I remember it was like a year plus ago that Alt Press had a whole article, a whole headline of you know where's Pierce Avale? Like why is this you know basically like why is this taking so long? Yep. So I'm really excited to hear what they finalize on everything. And like I said, this comes out Friday with Dance Gavin, uh Dance and Modern Baseball. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be it's a it's a good week here. We're kind of getting into the crux of album releases because yeah. uh, the following week is also really good. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, as far as album releases, we have uh, Sayasin issues and Tiny Moving Parts come yep. out with albums the following week. There. Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting to see where Sayasin picks up, and then also I am a big fan of Issues. So to see without Scout and see with the direction that they've gone in, kind of because I wasn't a huge fan of. I think it was. Was it the title track with Headspace? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that song, but I really liked uh, the Coma song. So we'll see. And I think they're premiering another track possibly this Friday as well or tomorrow or something like that. I think I yeah, saw a Facebook I, I message saw or something. Yeah, That's what I'm um, just trying to find out right now. Um, let's see if I can find it. But um, obviously searching band issues. Or issues yeah, oh, yeah. It's not coming up with a whole lot of useful things in Google. Sure. Uh, it's documentaries and it's like the Metallica uh, yeah. documentary comes up. I guess. Yeah. Guns and Roses. Both oh, ways. sure. Yeah, hey, that's that's another thing, man. Uh, Guns and Roses are coming to, uh, Bo- <laughs> well, outside of Boston. They're coming to Foxborough where Gillette Stadium is. They and, are. You know, I really thought about it. I was did like, really? I did. I And I know you're not a, I guess you would call Guns N' Roses classic rock, right? Yeah, they kind of fall in that bucket for me. Yeah, so you're you're not a big fan. I know we've talked about this on the podcast they're before. Fine. They're fine. They're fine, I, yeah. It's just not your style. No. No. I, I just remember seeing, I saw them when they were, when it was Axl Rose with Buckethead. Okay. So it wasn't the official, you know, it wasn't the official. But even this one, I don't think, I, I think they're still missing a member. But the whole big deal is you get Slash and Axl together, you know, that kind of thing. But... I went to see them when it was Axel and Buckethead. And Buckethead's amazing. He's an amazing guitarist. Uh, but I went to see his back in the day, uh, probably when they were just like Chinese Democracy had just come out or something. And I got free tickets to go see him. And I remember falling asleep during the show because their opener was uh, the guy from House of Pain. Okay. Yeah. So he was just doing a DJ set. <laughs> so I, I fell asleep during that. And when I woke up, it was still two and a half hours before the actual show started because, oh yeah, Axel was supposed to come out at like nine and didn't come out till like 1130. And that's when they started the show. 
That's crazy. Yeah. So I don't I don't think I could do it. I wonder if they change that whole like rock star way about them that that won't happen. But I was thinking, why would I even bother uh, going down to Foxborough and dealing with that shit? You know? Yeah, of course. Especially for probably what you're going to pay for those tickets. Oh, yeah. It's totally not worth it. No, I'd be nuts. Nuts. But. So, yeah, I just that that sparked a memory. I just had, yeah. to, <laughs> had to think about it. So yeah, and then you also have here in the news to switch gears a little bit. You yeah, have sure. that the uh, the plot new summer tour with uh, Era is also uh, you said like Midwest and Southwest. Yeah, so I have the link here. Let me uh, open it up. So anyone listening who lives in kind of the Midwest Southwest, I know that we're going through Chicago. Uh, let me see what the dates are here: Chicago, St. Paul, Denver, Sacramento, Anaheim. They're kind of hitting like a lot of, and then and then kind of circling back through the southwest there through arizona texas and then back to florida oh okay yeah that's uh, disappointing i would have really liked them to be up here i know i got really excited when i saw it especially for you because i know you like uh, era a lot yeah. and i was just you know crazy about how well the plot and you with that show that they put on with bless the fall these guys were really really good live um, their new album happiness and self-destruction which this is that album tour um was just fantastic. If you if you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to the plot and you happiness and self destruction. Yep. Um, especially if if you weren't necessarily a fan of early plot and you stuff, right? I think you should go check this out because very different from their early stuff and different in a in a really really good way. These guys have uh, you know kind of explored some different musical styles here, and it's it's edgy uh, and. Again, they they also dive into like these these deeper issues about you know I mean the, the title says it all happiness and self destruction right it's a lot of it's about drinking and drugs and basically like yeah you're enjoying yourself but at what cost right and, and uh, yeah go ahead no no go ahead no we be- we definitely talked about this on past episodes the yeah, what Craig said is exactly true if you just gave the plot and you their their first album. If you gave that a listen and was like, this is garbage, like that's what a lot, you know, they were a joke for a long time in the scene, that kind of thing. We had talked about Abandon All Ships last week as well as being a similar type of thing. It is, you know, scene music, whatever you want to call it. Same with Capture the Crown, that sure. kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's not, they are not that band anymore. Certainly not. So give it a listen. You know, sometimes people write off the band, they hear one bad thing that they, or not bad thing, but one thing that doesn't agree with them. And they're like, this isn't my style. Give this another shot because it is worth it. Yeah. This is almost one of those albums that I could listen to on loop, uh, which is actually kind of, I mean, that's rare for me. That is rare for you. To be able to say that about an album. But this is one of those ones, like even now, like it's just, it's so catchy in a in a good way, but it's totally different from kind of anything else you've heard. It's not going to be; they're not going to sound like any other band here. They're going to sound like the Plot and You, yeah, uh, and super super heavy. Yeah, um, it's, it's a good album. It's 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 fun, even though it probably isn't supposed to be fun. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they had a good time with it when they played with Bless the Fall and Miss May I. Oh yeah, uh, that, at that show, they they totally put on a great show. And then Era is on this. Uh, yes. I know you were spinning Era earlier this week. When I we're was. Working. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoy that new album Drift. Uh, yeah. If you haven't had a chance to listen, you definitely should. Uh, it's just it's that progressive metal, and they've got the great back and forth between the screamer and the clean vocalist, and they're just technically really really good with their instruments and yeah i would love to see how they pull it off live because i'm sure there's a little bit of production that has to be done but it would just be really nice because 
I bet you to see a band like that live would be a, a real treat. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Era, if you're if you're a fan of other bands uh, like North Lane, they kind of fall into that kind of that same bucket as as somebody like North Lane would. And I'm trying to think, I had somebody else in my head. I was thinking uh, about someone too, but I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. put a finger on it. It's, it's escaping me now, but that's kind of uh, who they remind me of a little bit. Um, even Architects a little oh, bit. Some sure. newer Architects stuff is, is similar to this. Yeah, and it's spelled, um, just so everyone knows, it's spelled E-R-R-A. So it's not E-R-A or uh, you know anything else that sounds like coming across your, your podcast speakers. It's uh, yeah. E-R-R-A. Yeah, we have we have some weird accents. Me being from New Jersey and transplanting to the Boston area, and Ian being from moving. all over. Exactly. Yes. So, however we're pronouncing it, yeah, era. I, still, I think it's how you say it. I still remember I went over to England uh, to visit, and I was I was over in Liverpool, and they have a special. You know, they have Scouse, which is their their accent there, uh, and it's it's really fun to listen to. And yeah. I was talking to a security guard at a at a Liverpool match. And he came up to me and he was talking to me about being American. And he was like, oh, you have the, I'm not even going to try and do his accent. He was like, you uh, have, you I was have, hoping. I know. I, I, thought, I thought about it, but I was, no, I'm not even going to, not even going to bother with that one. But he, he goes, he goes, you have the best Boston accent I've ever heard. I go, no, <laughs> no, no, this really isn't Boston. This is, you know, living in England in the past. I lived in Germany. I lived in all these other places. So you kind of just don't get an accent. Yeah, and that's what I have. It is certainly not, you know, a East Coast. It's not a West Coast. It's not a Midwest. Not Texas. You know where I'm really from. You know, it's not any of that kind of stuff. So I just thought that was funny that that's what they associate Boston accent with is what I was doing. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah kind of switch gears again here. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, last thing I had on news before we jump in. I don't know if you had anything from news. Oh, you had your concert review. We'll oh, talk to, I have talk a long, long concert review. Yep. So uh, just a just a quick thing here. Dallas Green had posted. It came across on my Facebook here, and Ian, I don't know if you clicked on the picture. I but did. If you, get on, if you get on the City and Color Facebook, Dallas Green had a picture of his left hand with his thumb all bandaged up and all bloody. And uh, what what does the caption say on there? That here. that I don't remember, but I did oh, click on it. I saw it. I have it right here. It just says that was close, and then the hashtag is sandwich gone wrong. Hashtag go wraps. Oh, there yes. <laughs> so, it's a pretty like. He looks like he really sliced himself open. I mean, it's covered with a bandage, but that's why you know he really cut himself is that it's all red around it. Oh yeah, yeah, he he's got blood and like blood on his other fingers too. It I mean, it was a it looks like it was a gusher. Um which is crazy cuz I mean, his hands are his livelihood. Right. He's got a bandage on his index finger too, which is scary. Yeah, the yeah. Thumb you don't use so much playing the guitar. <laughs> Although you, I don't well, know right handed or left-handed. <laughs> right, that's that's actually true. Uh, but yeah, it's a little scary, right? I mean, I'm a huge fan of uh, Dallas Green, everything that he's done in Alexis on Fire, uh, You and Me, City in Color. Oh, sure. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of that stuff, I strongly encourage you to go listen. Um, maybe one of, if not the greatest kind of musician out there right now who's kind of a master of multiple genres in his craft. Oh, um, sure. Absolutely. He's he's really highly ranked in my book is kind of you know this this genius yeah i was still hoping i mean we did we did an episode where it was like half an episode i think of alexis on fire and talking i think we did it with silverstein uh yeah we did, yeah, we did. yeah both of them and i was still hoping that they'd announce another alexis on fire reunion tour where they'd come around here 
which would be really nice, but that just didn't happen. But I have yeah. seen them. I've seen them in very small venues before, so I, I get to sure. remember that, but I would love to see them again. Yeah, it, you know, I, I think they when they played it right at Reading and Leeds, they kind of hinted at being back together, but only in the sense that they were in each other's lives and they were going to continue to play together, but not anything official. Like So questionable whether they'll maybe just keep playing those festival shows, those one-offs here and there, or whether they'll actually do a full-blown out like Alexis on Fire reunion tour like so many other bands are doing. Right. Uh, which I think is a good segue into uh, one of the lists you have here. Oh, the the concert review? No, at the, so at the very bottom, it's a, you, well, you we should to... let's save that one. Okay. Because I think I need to go into that when I start talking about the concert review. Yeah. So do you want to do our, our new segment before that? That's that's so uh, we did all the news. Do you want to do do our brand new segment? Oh, the brand new. Uh, no, let's keep everyone in suspense. Let's all right. do that. Let's do that right before the interview. All right, we do have a brand new segment, so stay tuned. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. All right, so, so your your concert review, Ian. So you saw yeah. the used this weekend. I did. So, all right. So this is a you know this is a long story. Feel free to jump in here with questions and and stuff. But right. it was uh so I think these concert tickets went on sale probably. A month or so before Christmas time and my sister it took her a long time to get into the type of music that I listened to but when she did her first band was really the used is so, she older or younger younger than you? she okay. is younger than me uh, but it took her a while she was all about the pop music and all that kind okay. of stuff and then as she grew up she kind of grew more into the scene and everything so the used sure. was definitely her first band so she had a picture with uh with Burt McCracken so he is the lead singer of the used she has a picture with him she met him in like Omaha Nebraska at a if anyone who is listening in the Midwest knows so-called uh so auditorium which I've also been to as well from all the moving around it's a nice little place it's like an underground scene type, you know, you wouldn't expect Omaha, Nebraska to have a music scene in that sure. sense, you know, years and years ago, but they, they definitely did. And all those bands came through and played. So she had met them a long time ago and just, it was like love at first sight, you know, all the things teens go through with their angst and, you know, all that kind of stuff. She's huge use fan. So buy the tickets because I'm also a use fan and it's the 15th anniversary tour. So the first night they were going to do the self-titled and the second night was going to be in love and death. Mm -hmm. So those are the two big ones. Uh, I, I've been a used fan up until artwork. So mm -hmm. I went through, uh, you know, the bird and the worm all the way up into artwork. And then I, and then I dropped off Yep. because they did start to change their sound. They stopped yeah. being that screamo post hardcore band and started being like, not necessarily a new metal band, but a alternative rock like, yeah, they got you know. definitely poppier. Yes, for sure. And I guess this is this is where a lot of this comes in. So there's a big there's a big thing that happened with the U's that I was unaware of because I've seen them probably around seven times or so, somewhere around there, from being uh, openers to being headliners. So I've definitely seen them headline a few times. Uh, they've always had very good sets, but I started to see a change in the way they did things. Sure. What I didn't know, and everyone, you can look this up. You can look up Bert, the used, and you can go ahead. So he doesn't, he doesn't scream anymore. And if anyone knows the used, you know that especially those first two albums are full. He, he was very good at doing that very passionate, like it was singing that went into the scream. 
yeah, he was able to put, he was able to just really ramp it up and push it, and yeah. and you would get and it was a very distinct scream. Absolutely, and it was one of the it was one of the reasons why like uh, my Chemical Romance and the U's got along very well because Gerard Way used to do a very similar, and he can still do it for sure. That's just not the genre of music that he's playing anymore. But that sure. used to be kind of what they would do. So it's very unique, very like passionate. the The subject matter of those first two albums are you know suicide uh uh being in unhealthy relationships uh, unhealthy relationships with drugs uh his i believe it was you know i think it was his girlfriend at the time of writing in love and death committed suicide really? and i can't remember if she was pregnant with his child at the time it i mean it was some really really grave stuff that he was dealing with and the music really helped a lot of people like the used music, you listen to a song like On My Own. Like I love that song. There are so many uplifting songs that are also dark, but you know other people. You know what I mean? You, you know other people that are going through it, that kind of thing. So I love both these albums. So did my sister. So we said, you know, hey, this might be the last chance to see, you know, who knows what they're going to do. They definitely changed their sound, but they're doing these two albums. So this is going to be great. So I went in there, unfortunately, with two things that I was thinking of. One every every anniversary tour or every album tour that I've gone to and this is where Craig brought up the list I've gone to they they play a lot more than the actual album that they're actually going to do so they promote it so I have here a very small list I know this isn't all the ones I've I've been to but you had My Chemical Romance did the entire Black Parade and then they came out and did another like hour of all their other stuff uh Silverstein just did recently, Discovering the Waterfront. We talked about this at a, a podcast a while back. Yeah. They do that, and then they go through their other stuff as well. Like, not full albums, but you're playing at least another, like, 45 minutes to an hour because... They, sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, I it mean, just, and especially bands like that, right? Like, yeah. Silverstein has so many albums to pull from and so many good songs in every right. one of those other albums. Yeah outside of discovering the waterfront that like it's very easy for them probably to put together another 45 minutes exactly and i think it, it goes probably, for all actually it. actually probably very hard for them to put together oh because they have yeah they have so, so many. many yeah right exactly so yeah so i have on the list finch as well uh bayside i mean i just recently saw falling in reverse uh ronnie radke did the the self-titled escape the fate and yep. then came out and did you know and i consider that album to be a masterpiece under Oath just did their tour with their two first albums, went through it on one night, and then you've got Alisana and even Taking Back Sunday. Like yeah. so, the the main thing I wanted to get from this is this isn't my first time going to one of these anniversary shows because I had an idea of what it should be like. We went in the first night, went in the first night, and the opener was the band uh, the New Regime, and I don't know, have you ever heard of uh, them, Craig? I haven't. So they're very talented guys. It's it's only. I think it was only three of them. Okay. Uh, the, the singer also played guitar and also had like a keyboard. The, uh, the bassist was singing and also had a keyboard. And then there was a drummer. Now, the lead singer, his name is uh, Jan or, Yai or Lion, something like that. It's, is it L-L-A-N or I-N? Something like that. Ian Rubin. Whatever. Yeah. He he used to be the drummer for Lost Prophets at a time. Nine Inch Nails. I wonder Nails. if it's just Ian. It might just be Ian. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I obviously don't spell my name that way. Yeah, but it might be extra, that way. You need to add an extra I. Oh yeah. There should be lowercase. I like that actually. <laughs> I should do that. You're right. That'll be my stage. My stage Ian name. 
is, is that one. We'll just be lowercase i, capital I-A-N. I like it. Okay. I'm, all, I'm all for that. <laughs> oh, but wait, I forgot I hate uh, like iPhones and stuff. So maybe oh, I... I was hoping you would use it and then realize after the fact that you branded yourself in the same way that Apple did. That was a good way to try and trick me, Craig. I'm going to give you total credit for that. <laughs> Almost had it. <laughs> he almost got me. So yeah, he's he did every like he's one of those he's a drummer, but he actually so he did drumming and nine snails, paramore, all these different bands. Yep. Now I found them to be pretty generic. It was like generic rock, but they're very talented. So sure. maybe they're just getting their footing, you know, that kind of thing. But I was a little disappointed because for two nights in a row they did the same set. And they just like added solos to the end because they didn't have enough material. So you can interesting. So they yeah. had the same opener for both nights. Both nights, same opener, same set for both of them. Huh. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I That's thought kind they would because you would think, especially since they used this doing two different albums, and you would imagine that people like you would go and buy tickets for both nights. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but maybe I mean maybe the thought was that the the older used fans would go and see the you know the self titled. That the you know used fans that came along in the Taste of Chaos days would go and see the second night. It is possible. And so yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right in your way of thinking. I would say probably so. The House of Blues in Boston is capacity of probably around twenty five hundred somewhere around okay. there. There is probably eighty percent of the same people the second night. I'd say sure somewhere around there. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know how well it translated, but it just seemed like look. If, if anything, over 50% are going to be coming back the next night. So maybe you switch it up. Like, And even if it's the same band, maybe you switch up what you're doing. Sure. But it was exactly the same. Like, same solo length, same, like, <laughs> it was exactly the same. So huh. I was just like, okay, let's get through them. So there's only one opener, by the way. So that's, okay. it. that's it. That's it. So then, that's, probably, that's good for you, right? You don't you don't usually like to go for a lot of the openers. You just want to get the headliner in and be be in and out of there. Unless it's our unless it's the scene that I already enjoy. Yes. Like because they're now in this like regular alt rock phase. Sure. So yeah, if the used had people that we enjoy, like when we see like a like the concert we went to recently, A War Within, Bless the Fall, Miss May I, The Plot and You, uh, Sirens and Sailors, you're like, that's a full lineup of people I want to see. Yes. That kind of thing. This obviously was not that. Yep. So so we get to the first night. We get finished with that. We're waiting for the used to come out. And they come out and, you know, my sister was like, oh, what are they going to do? Are they going to switch up the randomization of the songs? Or are they just going to go straight through? And I was like, almost every anniversary tour I've seen, they just go straight through. Yeah. That's kind of the, the nice part about it is you know what's coming next and you're just ready for it. That yep. kind of thing. So that's what they did. Now they talked in between every song for like two minutes or so. And we didn't really need that kind of thing. But what we noticed from the very first song was Bert does not scream anymore. That was the first thing. Because we didn't research. Because why would you just put in, hey, does the used lead singer scream anymore? Yeah. You just no, think, is that because what, what was the reasoning behind that when you when you looked into it? Well, it doesn't seem to be one. Like I would normally think like what I expected was by song two or three, he would have said, hey, so I'm really feeling under the weather. We've been on tour for a long time. You know, whatever it happens to be, you know, with the sudden changes in temperature, my throat's not what it should be. I've, I've heard singers say that kind of stuff before. Yeah. That was not the case. It was just straight through the bassist, who is one of the only original members left. Um, he did the He did the screaming. 
and really not that it there wasn't anything special to the scream it wasn't birth sure. scream you know what i mean yeah so yeah it doesn't seem it just seems like they phased out of that kind of the same way avenge sevenfold phased out of screaming you know what yeah. i mean that's <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to make assumptions but i haven't seen any interview with bert saying like oh i blew out this and i can't do this anymore like that kind of thing it, sure. it, it didn't seem to be that so that was really disappointing. So I'm not saying don't go see the used, but know for sure. Like that was, and even to not address it, it turned out to be a sing-along basically with all the songs because he's not the best singer. So okay. now you don't even have that part that you really wanted to hear. So imagine those songs that you love, like for people that do like the used, and you hear that piercing, that scream of passion and like cracking and it was so raw. And now just imagine the used songs and take that away. Yeah, it's not the same, especially in that first album. Right. And even the second. I mean, the second has a lot of it. The sure. second has more than you think. Like, Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's been it's, a while since I've listened. It's been a while. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Every time. Yeah, I, I can't help it. That's another bit. That's another bit for the show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. So we were just like, I was constantly talking to my sister and some other people that went to the show with us. And and. What was great is people were still enjoying it. You know, people were still enjoying the show because, like we talked about before, a lot of people are going to the shows just because of the nostalgia. So they're just there to jump around. You know, they're yeah. not there to critique the music. They're not, they're not there for any of that. They are there to crowd surf, to sing along. Like they want, they want to be yelling the song at the top of their lungs. That's what they want to do. I don't go to shows for those people to sing badly. I go for the band. Well, That's, of course. You know. So, but some people don't. Some people are just there for the experience of singing with the band that they love. Yeah, and I know that was your that's your big issue with uh Take It Back Sunday, right? Yeah, that was that was a tough one. Yeah. And he's yeah. never been the greatest singer, you know, the lead singer for Taking Back Sunday, but they're Adam fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're fun catchy songs. They yeah. I mean, that's and it's and it is nostalgia. But yeah, sure. he he instead of, you know, they don't do a whole lot of screaming on their stuff, but his no. whole thing was he was swinging around the mic and going up to people and putting the mic in their face. Yeah, Bert's was he was singing or trying to sing, but then would just pull the mic away at all the parts that you remember of, oh man, here comes this awesome, you know, scream, here comes the passion and it's just gone. Huh. That kind of thing. So yeah, that was a big thing. So we get to the end of the night, they go off stage and I'm like, oh, well they're coming back. They're coming back. They're going to do a whole bunch of, they've got, they've got like six or seven albums. They're coming back. They got plenty of stuff to go through. They come back, they do the bonus track on uh, the self-titled, which we figured was going to be played because they're playing front to back. So why wouldn't they do that? And then that was it. That's a, so, that's a 45, 47 minute album. And yep. that's all they played. And that was it. They, yep. So only the album, nothing else. Nothing they else. Said they, were, they were playing the album cover to cover. That's what they were that's doing. That's what they meant. That's what they meant. And I've never seen a band do that before. So I'm like, okay, if I had had it to redo, I would have just bought the first night. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, no, my sister and I still have to come back for the next night. <laughs> so we, we do. We come back the next night. That's where we found out that, you know, the opener was doing their same thing. And then it was true. Bert just he wasn't saving it up. He wasn't sick. It wasn't anything like that. He just did not scream again in In Love and Death. 
uh, actually put down the first night and said that they weren't as good as the people that were there the second night. And I was like, dude, it's 80 to 90% of the same people. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but they just, they went through and I was like, they're not going to, they're not going to do anything else. They're not going to do, they came out and they played a uh, pretty handsome awkward from their album after that album. And yep. then that was it. Yeah. So two nights, both albums, that was it. It seemed underwhelming, I yeah, guess is yeah. the way is the way to put it. And then here's here's the kicker now. So this is a long story, so I do apologize for that. I hope people are enjoying. Like I'm not saying don't go see the used. I'm saying be prepared that this is the way it is. So if you want to go and you want to dance around and sing at the top of your lungs and just enjoy that you're doing a sing along with the used, go for it. Yep. And don't get and don't expect for anything else to be done either like if you're if your favorite album is the third or fourth if you love artwork or you love vulnerable or, you know whatever you're not going to hear anything from them just yeah. be pre- just be prepared for that kind of thing uh they're just not that band anymore so we met some people that night my sister started talking to some people and like i mentioned at the beginning of the story my sister has a picture from like 14 years ago with bert so all of a sudden even though she's been saying the same things because she knows music too. She's been saying the same things like Bert doesn't sing anymore. This isn't very good. Like I wish this was back in the day, you know, all that kind of stuff. She goes, Oh man, I really want a side by side picture. Like I want to do a, you know, 14 years later, you know, that kind of thing. And that's not bad actually. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I told her, I go, look, you know, bands, you know how bands are now bands from that age. Like they are not, the same they're not the same as they were like we're i craig you and i are spoiled and people in the podcast are spoiled now where bands come out right away now from their sets like yeah. it's it's not a it's not a major thing it's just an awesome like you're having a, a different connection now with your artists you don't have to wait a long time they want to meet you they want to do social media they they want you to buy something from their that's merch right. because this is how they they get their money but then the way they keep a fan like that's what people want yeah and a lot of times you're not even waiting around for them after because they're out there by their merch table hanging out before the show because they you know they want to talk to everybody and see everybody and hope they're having a good time and even if you're a big band, like yep. even if you're a big band, they're still doing that kind of stuff. But yep. there are those bands that you know have changed from the past. Like, like the U's used to be that. I mean, my sister has the picture. Bert used to go around. I remember Bert used to go around at the beginning and talk to people. He would, you know, come out afterwards and hang out with people. But you could tell they're not the same band. Not only with how they're doing their music, but also just themselves as people. Sure. You know what I mean? So my sister talks me into it. She goes, look, we'll wait 30 minutes. The show ended at like 9.30. So I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to go out and do stuff. I'm going to go home early. Like, this is going to be great. Two nights in a row, I'm fine. Like, whatever. Yeah. So she goes, 30 minutes. I go, okay. All right. We met, we met a few people that also stayed. There's probably like 25, 30 people total waiting. So they start, they start going ahead. And the range, the age range is probably like... 15 to 24 25 somewhere around that people waiting that kind of thing they start removing all of the equipment and everything they start unpacking all that kind of stuff 10 o'clock rolls around and i go hey 
are we still doing this? Like I'm, I'm the one with the camera because her phone sucks. So I'm picture guy because what do I need a picture with Bert? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't need it. But I need to make sure that she gets her picture because that's what she's excited for. Also, the people that we met, I can take their picture too. You know, like all that kind of stuff. Like that's fine. So I'm waiting around, and let's just let's just cut this story a little bit shorter here because I could go on and on. Huh. He Bert did not come out. So this is the the tour bus is right in front of House of Blues. It's it's right next to it. This isn't like you're waiting in the back of the place and you're you're waiting for the band to somehow make it. It's right on the street. It's on the main street where all the bars are. Right there. There's nothing blocking. You could go up and knock on the tour bus door. You could do all that kind of stuff. It took Bert three hours to come out and take pictures. Now it was cold too. I mean, it's not like, you know, winter, yeah. winter, but it was like 20, like 20 or 30. It was sure. cold. Three hours he waited. He made us wait. And it, it slowly dwindled and dwindled to the point that there's probably about 15 people still waiting somewhere around there. But yep. he could have easily come out. And it, when he came out, he looked super pissed. Super, <laughs> I did not want, I do not want to be there. I do not want to do this. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this kind of thing, which is completely different than the way he used to be in the past. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if just the road has, has worn him down, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. I don't want to judge people for that because, you know, I'm not 15 anymore. Like, I don't need a picture with the bands that I like. I have their music. That's fine well, with course. me. But I'm and thinking, I was a, yeah. I was ahead. about to say, and, you know, in, in their defense too, right? And, and exactly to that point. This is their 15-year anniversary tour. All right, so they've been around since 2001. So he's not a spring chicken anymore. Sure. Like again, like a lot of like oh, yeah. a lot of the bands we listen to, they're our age and older. Yeah, right. Typically. Exactly. Yep. Um, and they're doing this anniversary tour where they do play two nights in yes. a row. Right. Right. So if they were to go out there and play like three hours every night, or even even an hour and a half every night, that's a lot of singing and a lot of uh, a lot on on you know, his voice, even without screaming. Right. So uh, just to play devil's advocate here, right? Oh, absolutely. You consider it from that point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's what I did. Like the whole time I'm talking, because like I said, the age range was 15 to 20 something, that kind of thing. I was talking to these kids and I was trying not to be, I was like, look, you guys go to regular shows as well. You know that they come out, like everyone comes out. This is not the same band that they were. 14, yes. 15 years ago, they're not expecting to do, they're charging for VIP and, and to their credit, I think that some of the profits, at least from the VIP stuff goes to charity, I believe, okay. if I'm not mistaken. So all credit to them uh, that's due for that, but they're not that band. So I'm like, sure you can take the chance, but they don't really owe anyone anything. They yeah, don't, course. they don't, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. We have their music. We have yep. what I wish I had known. And my sister wishes she had known too, is that Bert doesn't scream anymore because that was a big deal for the music itself. But so three hours, he comes out, he seems surly. He doesn't really care. He's telling people to not crowd him. Uh, you know, and it's 15 people. It's, it's not that bad. <laughs> But my sister was pissed. She didn't even want the picture anymore. And I was like, you're getting that fucking picture. <laughs> we, we waited three hours. You're getting that fucking picture. So she went up to him and she showed him the picture. And he could not have cared less. Couldn't have cared less yeah. that, he, that he met her 14 years ago. I took the picture. I took the picture for some other people where their pictures turned out blurry. You know, because I wanted I wanted everyone to get what they wanted from this. Because sure. the worst thing would have been to wait that long 
and then have something go wrong with with their pictures or something. You know what I mean? Yep. But exactly. I got I gave my sister because I had been marketing, so I've been passing out business cards and stuff for for Ian hates music. So I gave my sister before she had met Bird. I gave her the thing. I was like, just get him to sign it, so it just looks like he knows what Ian hates music is. <laughs> <laughs> so we can say, we can go ahead and say that that Bert knows uh, Ian hates music podcast. That'll be our our tagline. But I don't think maybe legally we can't say it. I don't know. But he looked at it. I think he read it and then he signed it. So. That is something, you know. There, there you go. So who knows? May he knows we exist now. Yeah, and that's all we need. We just need people to know we exist. That's it. <laughs> so, so that's my long story. It was just, it was so funny to go through all that stuff and sure. to really know, like, I do envy in a way. I do envy the people now that are going to shows because bands are so awesome now to really hang out. And I still remember, believe me, I remember stories I could tell about Reveille and Godsmack and Deftones and, I mean, tons and tons of bands that I grew up with. Finch that are just so, Silverstein, all these bands that are so great to their fans that have always come out and done stuff. But it's really nice now that it's almost every band comes out and will talk to you and shoot the shit uh, and you know take pictures and do all that kind of stuff. That wasn't something that was normally done uh, in the past. Sure. So yeah, so that's my that's my story for anyone who's going to or planning to go see the U's uh, and also any of these anniversary tours that are that are stacking up because a lot of bands are doing them. Yep, yep. So they are. let's change pace again. Yeah. Craig, so, what are you Ian. listening to right now? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. We can okay. do that. Uh, so what I'm what I'm listening to. So I've been going through uh, a lot of uh, you know some different stuff here. So uh, a band called Frameworks. I kind of came across uh, their music. So. I don't even know how to describe them. Kind of this melodic, punk, hardcore, um, really good, really good uh, lyrics, uh, really good instrumentals. They, they do a lot of uh, really kind of interesting things yep. um, with, with the, the music there where uh, musically they do things that you wouldn't expect but still kind of fall in that. I mean, if, if anybody knows me, if you're a routine listener of the show and, and you know me, then you know I kind of like things like we, we talked to Household and Counterparts and Hundredth and things that are kind of in that melodic hardcore genre but are kind of different than the, the traditional metalcore stuff. Right. Uh, it's what I listen to. But Frameworks is a great band. Um, would love to have those guys on and, and get a chance to talk to them. For sure. Um, uh, another band I've been listening to is a band called Tiny Moving Parts. So kind of like this indie, heavier punk band. Uh, three guys, they make a shit ton of noise. They were in the latest alt press. Yep. Um, they were one of the, the recommended bands. Um, really, really good stuff that they do. Uh, one of their, I think what caught my eye was one of their influences on that was Thursday's Full Collapse. Yep. Um, so I'm like, oh, I need to check out this band because I have to see what they're doing. And he does, he has this like uh, really, really great voice, but he, he pushes it in that way where you get almost that scream and it's it's really on that edge. Sure. Um, another band that was in Alt Press was Renounced. Yep. Uh, so they, were, they, had, they do their 12 bands you should be listening to for the month of May. Uh, hardcore band from the UK. These guys are really good. Um, they bring it back to, uh, when I listened to it, I was, it was kind of reminiscing from like the early 2000, like hardcore metalcore. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, sure. Uh, it was really kind of a cool throwback, but done now. 
And then uh, the the last band uh, and and kind of a, a teaser for for next week's episode here is I've been listening to Feral Lux. Oh yeah. So we're gonna have the band Feral Lux on next week. Woo! Uh, look forward to that. So if you really like kind of a, I I don't know how they feel about con- being called mathcore, sure, but sure. I'm gonna throw that genre around. But um, like like Dillinger, but less chaotic. Right. Um. So really kind of well thought out. Um, well thought out, well crafted, interesting music where they they change keys, they change time signatures. I I'm these guys you can tell just by listening to the lyrics and the the music that they put a lot of time into writing their songs and I'm really interested to drill down with them into like what that writing process is like right. and they're where you know are they all self-taught or where they learn their technical abilities because this stuff is not this totally complex uh, and that's kind of really what I like about it it pushes the boundaries of what you can do with the genre right um, but still in a way where like you listen to it and you're like wow these are really really good songs uh, but it just totally pushes that boundary no it sounds good I'm looking forward to that interview too yeah so how about you so for me uh, like you had mentioned era before um, getting into that new album Drift. It's that uh, progressive uh, metal uh, that's just a lot of fun to listen to. Dual vocals, uh, really technical stuff. Uh, Enjoy that a lot. Obviously the used as well because I've been listening back to be like oh, I remember the days when this was really good. (laughs) That kind of thing. (laughs) So I was listening to them and then surprisingly enough, I think I mentioned it the other week, but Andy Black's new album came out. And I've seen Black Veil Brides a few times, and I'm going to see Andy Black in concert live by himself. There you <laughs> so go. That's going to be a fun uh, review for me to do. I think that's going to be for the uh, like June show or something like that. So we'll Perfect. we'll talk about that. But I guess that those are I and random other stuff. But it's not worth getting into all that. Those are the main things uh, that I've been listening to. Uh, so before. Before we go into the Young Medicine interview, which we're going to start soon, uh, Craig, you had mentioned a new segment. Yeah. So, Ian, have uh, ha- have we heard back from from first to last yet? Nope. <laughs> All right. So, and everybody, that's, that's the end of the segment. <laughs> that's the end of the segment. And if you if you want to learn more about that, check back on episode nineteen yep. and l- listen through that episode. It should should clear it up a little bit. We're but. gonna we're gonna reference that, and I do love this segment so much. <laughs> it's gonna continue it on. Excellent. So before we do that, and before we throw it to the interview with Young Medicine here, yep. uh, let's do our plugs real quick. Yeah, um, absolutely. Obviously, I have plugs for Young Medicine at the end of that. But uh, if you're listening to us and are a kind of a routine listener, thank you. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Uh, anybody, be sure to go on to whatever podcasting app you use and subscribe, especially in iTunes. It helps us keep track of how we listen uh, or how many listeners we have. Right. Uh, if, as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever uh, app. Uh, you use and you can subscribe from there. You can always find us at ianhates.com on Facebook, facebook.com backslash ianhates and on Twitter at ianhatespodcast is our Twitter handle. Uh, you can send us an email which is ianhates at gmail.com and at the bottom of the website you can fill out a little form uh, if you want to send us a message that way. You can always tweet at us, retweet us, share us with your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and as always be sure to check out Ian's other podcast, Ian Hates Movies. Ian, oh, yeah. what's the movie this week? Captain America Civil War. Oh, is this an Ian Loves or an Ian Hates? Ah, uh, this one is actually an Ian Loves for sure. Uh, 
Excellent. Yeah. All right. So, so look forward to that. And that'll be out this week. As always, we put up new episodes every week. So be sure to subscribe uh, on iTunes so it comes there or follow us on Facebook and Twitter so you get the latest things. Exactly. And I'll go into the uh, plugs for Young Medicine. So their main website is youngmedicinemusic.com. You can also go and listen to their music for free and also give them some money for it at uh, it's youngmedicine.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash youngmedicine. And then on Twitter, it's twitter.com young underscore medicine. So we might have some more stuff to plug in the descriptions after we talk to the guys as well. Uh, but once again, we're very excited. They've done some really different things that we with some bands that we haven't talked to before. And I think yeah. you'd be pretty interested to hear their ideas of how they came up with certain things. Because if you go check out that Bandcamp page, the stuff that they have there is really different uh, yeah and I, I enjoyed it a lot so we're going to talk to them and we're going to also play their cover of the song we're going to play the cover of the song recover uh which is a church's uh cover song and then we're going to leave you tonight with uh living fiction which is their main single so we'll throw it to that we'll go into the interview and then you'll be able to listen to uh living fiction at the end so hopefully you really enjoy this interview i'm sure we will uh, we always Absolutely. have a great time with these bands and been looking forward to this for a while. So, uh, Craig, I guess we're going to even switch this around a little bit. Uh, how is your uh, cast phrase coming? Still still working still on working it. On it? Man, still we working have, on it. Man, we have great segments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, actually, I will, I will leave everyone uh, the way I always do with long days and pleasant nights, but also make sure to enjoy this interview with Young Medicine and enjoy the song right now, Recover, which is the church's cover from Young Medicine. Enjoy.
And welcome everyone. So we are here. Uh, it's myself and Craig, and we're here with Brett and Peter from the band Young Medicine. How are you guys doing? Good, not bad. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank, yeah, thank you for Thanks joining for us. On. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, like Ian said, we typically do this as a kind of a conversation, but I don't know. We'll take us through kind of the history of the band, and we'll see where it goes from there. So, how did you guys get together and start? I know it's pretty generic, as kind of like a boring yeah. question, yeah. but I think it's interesting yeah. for people to kind of learn how you guys came together. We'll be all Brett for this one. <laughs> uh, I met up with, uh, I was playing with a guitarist in my basement from, I met him on MySpace Classifieds back in the day. Wow. wow. And uh, he told me about this drummer he knew that was looking for a band. And that's how I met our drummer, Mace. Okay. That was, this was about eight or nine years ago. Okay. Uh, and I've been playing with him ever since. Uh, later on, through more internet uh, contacts, we met Josh, our guitarist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were in a band for a while, maybe six or seven years, and we decided to kind of rebrand, change our music, change our image, and something, I don't know, we weren't that band anymore. We wanted to really start fresh, so we had that opportunity, and we became Young Medicine in summer of 2014. Okay. All right. Uh, after that winter, Peter joined. Mm-hmm. We, uh, our bass player went off to college to get a real job <laughs> and I dropped and out so, of college to not get a real job. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've, been, that's, that's the short history of our band. Yeah. So you guys have been uh, at nine this. years in a sentence, but yeah, you guys have been at this for a while. Has it, has it always kind of been the same style of music or you, you kind of said it, you, you rebranded yourself there. So were you, were you playing something different before? Uh, when we started out, we really didn't know what we were. Okay. We, we were still beginning songwriters too so once you get over that hump i think and really kind of figure out what you want to be that helped um kind of what we are now is a mix of oh man yeah it's half electronic half uh rock trying to keep trying to keep it accessible to everyone but still putting in all our favorite influences from anything that may be niche or special genres like that yeah i was i was gonna say uh, listening to some of the stuff on the Bandcamp, and I've been a fan for a while now, so you've got a good YouTube presence as well, so everyone can always look up everything. Because do you also do uh, the lyric videos and the actual videos themselves as well? Yeah, yeah. All the audio production, I do I do recording in my day job. Oh, okay. So oh, wow. I'm able to do that here in my house. And uh, Josh, our guitarist and the other singer, does graphics and video production. So a lot of our stuff we can just do ourselves, which helps. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. Uh, yeah, it's I wanted, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> sp- uh, specifically, um, specifically, uh, she makes me do dirty things. That lyric video where you're also yeah. playing as well is really well done. That was yeah, that was the first one we put out as our kind of a, a debut. Here we are. This is what we do. And uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite one to play live. We usually open up our set with that one. Oh, really? That's my. That's probably my favorite song of all the stuff I listen to. I love that song. Awesome. Yeah, I know we want to do another video. Yeah, like yeah. That, but but more like with better production. I know we're looking at shooting that in the coming months here. Well, actually, it should be in what July. I know we want to. I think we want to shoot that the first weekend of July. Of, June, actually. June. Okay. Wanna, that's when we want to shoot it, though. No telling how long the editing oh, and post production yeah. takes. Sure. Of course. Yeah, it'll be our first, like, like actual music video. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. For, it'll be for our last single, Living Fiction. Oh, very nice. Yeah, we're actually, we'll be uh, ending the show with that song as well. 
Perfect. Yeah, no, it's great. And yeah, I guess I guess I wanted to comment too uh, when you were mentioning about what type of style uh, your music is, and it does seem to hit on a lot of different genres. And I just I can't help it when I listen to a few of the tracks, I can't help thinking like anime opening or anime closing ah, as well. Josh. Every time, Josh would love you so much they, for saying that. Do you get yeah. that as well? We because get that a lot. Really? Okay, good. If we I, could get some kind of awesome, like, uh, anime, Japanese, I don't know, some licensing deal for something over there, it would just be perfect. Yeah. I know that She Makes Me Do Dirty Things itself actually has, is partially, when Josh was writing it, um, was partially about Death Note and a couple other yes. animes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, that's awesome. So, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. So, uh, how is the creative process then, the lyric writing and everything? Uh, is it a team effort? Is it more focused on one person? Uh, Josh and I have written pretty much all our stuff uh, so far. And usually we'll work on an idea of ours for a little while until we get you know, something complete with drums, a vocal idea, guitars, something to show everyone else. And then like Josh will send me his idea and say, hey, what do you think? And I'll rip it apart and tell him how bad it is, and then he'll go back to the drawing board, and vice versa. I'll, he'll do the same for me. And once once we end up with something that we don't hate, uh, that's the song. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, I just once you said Death Note as well, I I just kind of marked out there because I I love Death Note too. So this this uh, works perfectly. I was I wasn't sure if I was crazy or not that I thought it nope. should be anime related. So that's, that's very oh, yeah. good. Definitely and, the idea, jo- Josh and Brett. Are definitely the creative minds in they they are the writers it's actually kind of sucks josh couldn't be here i'd be way more interesting to talk or josh would be way more interesting to talk to about that than me but no. uh, so i've only been in the band for about a year and i've just now been kind of just dipping my feet in their creative process just kind of an outside opinion oh sure mm-hmm. well what is what is then for for coming into the band kind of newish and then now like seeing that creative process, what what is it? How, how have you kind of uh, adapted to that? Uh, well, well com- actually, coming into this band was such a jump in, like, I don't know how far along, because the only other bands I've been in prior to this have, have just been, I guess, high school level mm-hmm. type things. And it was kind of going from zero to 100 really quickly for me. And I'm... I'm. I just. I'm about to turn twenty this year as well, so I'm much younger. He's a baby. Than, wow. Than the other guys. When he joined, we were needing. We were getting ready to go on a, a three or four week tour. Okay. So really hit the ground running there. Wow. Run, right wow. when he joined. Jeez. It's. It's kind of. It, it was definitely scary because I didn't even know the guys that I knew Josh, kind of well, but I didn't know Brett or Mace, really at all. So, but especially recently, I've, it, I've definitely like settled in now. I mean, it's been a year, but sure. now that I'm kind of watching the creative process more, it's g- just going from not knowing anything about how to write music to watching people who have been playing music with each other. What, like, the, it's really hard to fit into the chemistry of people that have been playing for so long. Right. That that's it, it's it was intimidating at first, but it's a learning process for us to fit another uh, another cook in the kitchen, but. Sure. So so far so so good. Oh, yeah, great. but everybody everybody kind of brings their own little little bits right to yeah. to that that you know keep that metaphor going right to whatever you're you're cooking up. So now you guys said you kind of go back and forth when you're you're writing the music. Do you guys have kind of like a practice space too? Is there any times where you get together and you kind of just like all kind of jam and figure out what works <laughs> in that way? Or 
is it the always only time, kind of this back and forth? Yeah, once we're at practice uh, all together is usually when the song's done and oh, we're wow. trying to we oh, write wow. them before we learn to play them. If that okay, okay. So I don't, I don't know. Well, we <laughs> yeah, like, take us I, through I, that process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of backwards, but we, it's like almost done and recorded by the time we figure out how to play it. But uh, wow. We, I don't know, we work better just kind of sending back and forth ideas on the computer. Sure. Ah. And being able to, if you can make a song sound really good with horrible, like, MIDI instruments <laughs> that don't yeah. sound realistic at all, sure. it usually <laughs> translates pretty well to the real thing. Okay. So, um, something I've noticed. But, yeah, we usually, we'll figure it out just through recordings back and forth and then uh, figure out how to best play it live. But right. We do, uh, I do keys and vocals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So sometimes we'll have too many keyboard parts and I'll get in trouble because I can't perform everything all at once. <laughs> oh, sure. So that's the that's the other thing when it comes to translating a song from like the studio to the live production of it, because we do as, a, as an electronic band, we, we do have several tracks playing behind us. And there are a couple of things that we do differently in the song live than on the studio. Sure. Or like deciding because like, like, like with Brett playing keys, like what does he... What is he able to go over and play for real? And I do as much as I can, but singing on. has to come first. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like he's he's definitely on our newer stuff that we're doing. I think he's doing more with the keys. Like he does the whole keytar thing for the synth. At oh the yeah, beginning oh, of I do have a keytar. Oh, that's very right. nice. <laughs> One thing I love about us is that I've never seen another band around here do a keytar. And it's so 80s, and I yes. love it so much. It's awesome. Yeah, I remember it's... being really excited when I saw the, the video with you play the guitar. <laughs> Slightly cheesy, but it, it, it throws people off guard, so I kind of like that. They yeah. were, it's another thing they can remember us by. Like, oh, yeah, the guitar oh, sure. band. Yeah, yeah exactly. really bad, but they had a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those songs definitely have that, uh, that 80s flair to them as well. Like, yep. have, you seen the, uh, have you seen the movie Turbo Kid at all? Uh-uh. Uh, it's a it's a movie that came out last year, and it's a post apocalyptic '80s movie. So it takes that place sounds like in the something we should watch immediately. It was on <laughs> Netflix, so check it out. It won a bunch okay. of like like Sundance or other type of awards. But I could have easily heard uh, your music on something like that as well, because they did a very '80s like techno ish as well. So you've got the rock okay. in there plus that. I think it would have fit. So yeah, if you have a chance, I think that movie was pretty good. Last year we were watching Kung Fury a ton. Oh sure, yes, that is so. great. I just saw that on Netflix uh, like a month ago for the first time because I didn't see it on YouTube before, so yeah. I got a chance. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great little thing. That was insane. Would you ever think about doing a uh, like a concept album type thing for something like that? Hmm, we haven't thought about it, but uh, give it a shot. Sure. Yeah. Why? Not? <laughs> why not? One of our one of our big dreams is definitely to have licensed uh songs in a movie like that that'd be really great there you go yeah that would be pretty awesome i uh i also to go through uh some of the other stuff that you did that's pretty unique uh the legend of young medicine and 8-bit adventure you had mentioned (laughs) you had mentioned using the midi files is that how you did your songs reimagined as like nintendo versions yeah i dug up all the like original ideas just from midi on my computer and uh turned them into those kind of chiptune 8-bit sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always kind of something we thought would be fun to do someday, but had never got around to doing it. And we just thought, hey, for Christmas, we'll just put this out just as a present to our friends if they like it. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of good good uh, impressions from it. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun going through it. Yeah, for sure. So how did how did the process of making that? So did you have the whole band there going through and doing it, or was that something that you took and just went ahead and started, uh, you know, working through it? Uh, we had talked about it once, and then I uh, went through my files on my computer and just one by one try to figure out what would what does a guitar translate to on a old synth sound? Like I don't right. know. I'm trying to rewrite the vocal melodies with with keys, but. Uh, drums just kind of short noise samples yep they don't have to sound good they just have to sound (laughs) 8-bit very true very true craig yeah so i mean i'm still stuck on this writing process because i'm I'm kind of fascinated now so do you guys have yeah so do you guys have any kind of like formal training as far as like you know do you have any kind of formal vocal training or formal training on key um or i grew up playing trumpet okay all through high school and uh once I stopped playing trumpet, I just kind of I started playing keyboards because right around that time I got one for my birthday, hmm. and started learning how to write and arrange that way. Um, so I've always felt more at home writing on the keyboard. Okay. In college, I did take a whole bunch of music classes and recording classes. I did take a year and a half of vocal lessons. Okay. And that was more traditional, like Italian. My natural voice is low baritone bass. Okay. Oh. And we're obviously not singing that. So. Sure. Um, Josh did take some lessons for a while from uh, more modern lessons from a singer here in town in KC. Okay. And uh, I kind of took things that he learned as well and applied them to what I knew. Uh, I don't think he's had any other school training as far as music. But uh, what about you? Um, I actually, until ninth grade, was first chair trombone. (laughs) Wow. So I played trombone for... Uh, five, six, or seven years, and um, I started playing bass when I stopped playing trombone. And it, it's actually kind of funny. The reason I started, I was like at a freshman year sleepover with a bunch of guys <laughs> who were all like the asshole guys that had their acoustic guitars. Like, well, look at us <laughs> playing guitar, and I was really envious because <laughs> all I knew how to play was trombone. I was like, I want to feel cool too. And there, and one of the guys said, you should learn how to play bass, and we can start a awesome band so i started playing i got like a really crappy bass and we started a really <laughs> shitty band so the story of my music career begins with me being jealous of asshole guys at parties <laughs> that'll do it that will do it every time yeah hey peter we skipped over what did you what did you drop out of college what were you doing in college um kind of nothing really oh. i did um out General. of yeah, ju- I, well, I did um, right out of high school. I mean, this is all not even that long ago. I mean, I graduated high school two years ago. Right, so. right. Yeah. Um, right after I graduated high school, I went to the University of Kansas for mm-hmm. a semester and did very poorly. <laughs> and um, kind of, I didn't flunk out so much as I just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. then... But I did bad enough to get put on academic probation, <laughs> so they said I would not be allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, I think Brett and Josh are the only ones here that have have some kind of degree, right? You you have an associates. I I'm the only one who's graduated. Oh, I thought okay. I guess Brett is the Mace, highest. Our drummer almost did. He was like a few credits shy. I don't know what happened there. Ah, uh, Josh, so close. Master <laughs> two, but then his normal day job of doing graphic and video design kind of took off. So he's Brett just is the highest that. educated of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so after I got put on academic probation, I would 
just stopped doing school for a semester and that and it turned out to be the right choice at least musically because that was when josh hit me up kind of mostly out of the blue and was like we need a bass player for a tour come quick are you yeah. like literally less than a month before huh. so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I had to learn the whole set and came to practice super intimidated. Like, but I guess I, I guess I did all right. Cause I'm still here. Yeah, exactly. So, and then I went back to Johnson County. There's a, there's a community college about uh, up here in Overland Park, Kansas city where we live mm-hmm. that I was at for two semesters finishing up my last one. And just doing like the same stuff I did in high school, general education that I'm not really fond of at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just becoming a time consumer and money consumer. So I'm just dropping out of college altogether at this point. Oh, sure. Full-time bass player. Full-time yeah. Hey, bass player. yeah. With no money. Well, well you yeah. Do, right. You have to do what you like to do though. And if you're not happy in school doing that, then get a switch. It yeah. Up. You'll never be happy later on. Yeah. Sure. I look at it yeah. as I better can, play bass now than later. Yeah, I can always go back to school, but I'm not always going to be young. Right? That's true. You're not always going to be young medicine. I'm here. not always oh, going to be. Hey. Young. Oh wow, that That's is new tagline. With our name, there, <laughs> Brett. <laughs> don't say we, it. <laughs> I want. I'm going to say it. <laughs> the way our live set works, we don't leave much time in between for um, uh, stage banter. Okay. Kind of I'm horrible at that. I'm so <laughs> bad. I I tell Brett that, that I will not be satisfied until he comes out one night and says and just gets on the mic and goes, "Are you ready for your daily dose of young medicine?" <laughs> that is, but he I don't think he'll ever do it. I can see the people just walking out. <laughs> well, I'm definitely using that in description. Of this episode, <laughs> yeah, so get that's ready for the daily news. Yeah, okay, that's the tagline. Okay, yeah. that's as far it. as I'll, I'll never get him to say it in real life. But. That, <laughs> well, that's. I mean, we also there's another tagline though that's on your website: uh, a musical narcotic for the youth. That's, that's also a little there. more elegant. Yeah, like exactly. That a little better. I think that goes. Josh back, came up with that one. Yeah, that goes back to more of how um, Josh Brighton and Mace. Um, like when they heard when they decided on the new name when they were rebranding before I was in the band, kind of what the name meant to them more. Right. Yeah, it is. It is kind of have a cool meaning. Meaning when, uh, like, I know growing up, the one thing I would always turn to is music through whatever I'm going through. To you know, it's an emotional experience and gets you pumped sometimes, but it's always there for you. And that's kind of kind of the uh, the deeper meaning behind the name Young Medicine. That's okay. what music is to us. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And I think a lot of – we've. I mean we've had this conversation over and over again. I mean it's definitely – Ian and I relate to that too because it's the same for us and I, I'm sure a lot of people that listen is that, yeah, it is that thing that you turn to that gets you through those tough times, that gets you pumped up, whatever it is that you need. So now what are, what are some of your influences? Obviously you guys are a blend of styles uh, here. So what are, what are some of the things that influence you to kind of play the things that you do now? Uh, I know for me, I always grew up with kind of faster, more energetic pop punk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anything of ours that you hear that is that's like fast lyrics or anything upbeat is usually coming from me. Okay. I know, uh, like pop punk, think Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy. Sure. Or, Miss, uh, I think Little Misanthropy was all your. That was, song, yeah, that, right? was, that so was my baby. That oh, sure. one definitely has got some of the panic at the disco fallout boy vibe to it. It does. Yeah. Yep. That was, that was just a Brett baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Josh likes uh, he's the he's the complete opposite for me, which works well when we're songwriting because we can keep each other in check. He likes big, heavy, epic sections, long, flowing vocals, or movie anything halftime. Yeah, movie. Ah. Sure. Like uh, he gets inspiration from movie trailers. Have you ever heard like the music in oh, some yeah. of those? Absolutely. Wow. That really thematic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He loves Inception that. And and so yeah. it's a good balance from what I write. So we can kind of cover both ends of the spectrum. Does before you go on, does Josh do the screaming or do you also do that as well? Uh he does I just do singing. He does okay. the singing and screaming. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So how about how about uh how about you, Peter? Um I'm not sure how much my uh, my influences will affect the writing process, since that's very much more Josh and Brett. Oh, sure, but like, wh- what got you into music? What were uh, bands um, you always liked? The I, I always will, no matter how embarrassed I get about it, will always credit All Time Low oh, as sure. a <laughs> band that really got me into playing at least this style. Um, when I was in in junior high, high school, it was. A lot of the more it was started with like the mainstream metalcore bands, like Asking Alexandria. Yep, was a big one, and even like like first EP Black Veil Brides. I like. Oh yeah, sure. We were just talking about Black Veil. We Brides. were. I'm going, to see, going to see Andy yeah. Black. Yeah, I'm going to see Andy Black live to switch it up. Oh, his solo. I yeah. don't know. I yeah. I couldn't name any of their stuff that came out after 2011, but I sure. did like their originals, like back when they first started. But other than that, um. More recently, uh, I spend a lot more time around Josh lately. So I, I Josh's influences rub off on everyone else. <laughs> oh, sure. He loves showing people new music or new videos. So if you're ever around him, he just starts assimilating you into everything he likes. Oh, I've been listening to awesome! Pop, um, Ellie Golding or oh, like yeah, like bigger pop stuff or like electronic things like that. Which definitely, I think on newer stuff we're working on, there's a lot more of an electronic vibe to it. Yeah, okay. I've always liked Ellie Goulding's stuff. I think what what she's got going on, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, a lot of her stuff and uh, Lana Del Rey stuff, like like from the pop side of it, that that kind of stuff is interesting to me. That's definitely the when we like talk when we talk about like big choruses that Josh likes, he goes to a lot of the like big pop choruses with just production out the ass, just like oh, sure. incredibly like well polished stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. But then then I like. Uh, like Periphery and Architects, sure. Which are other heavy bands. I, I've I've moved away from quote unquote heavy music. Okay. Now, but I, I always go back to Periphery and Architects, and and Issues is the other big ah. one I really like because mm-hmm. Issues blends that kind of R and B pop with metal. At least absolutely. Um, that's I call it like R and B metal. Yeah. R and B core. <laughs> that is a good yeah R and B core. I think that that's a good way to put it. Well, of course, and with I mean, both of those bands, Architects and Issues, have albums coming out. So, are you yes. are you looking forward to them? Both of yeah. them. Like, I will say that the singles I've heard off of Issues, um, they I really love how as a bass player, I really love how they're letting Sky, their bass player, just kind of go at it, especially on yes. the Realist. They, they Rise Records posted a playthrough of that one. Oh yeah, and it really it just makes me feel inadequate as a bass <laughs> player listening to him play. He's quite good. I haven't been in love with the singles they've put out. I've definitely I enjoy that they're doing it kind of differently. Yep. But Architects' new singles are incredibly good. Like Sam Carter's vocals are so so impressive to me. We just put out a cover 
of Churches Recover. Churches. That's kind of a right. symphonic, kind of electronic cover. And yep. we're going to do the same with an architect song oh. very soon. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, the uh, the intro to the interview is the church's uh, song. Oh, that yeah. you guys perfect. did. Yeah, so everyone should be familiar by the time they listen to this. So, yeah, I like that a lot. I actually, sorry, I just tripped over my words. I really like that song. Yeah, we decided to do some of those uh, covers that we don't all necessarily need to be involved with every song. We can just kind of do them a little quicker sure. uh, before we get the music main music video shot next month and uh, get ready for some more shows. Just kind of on the downtime, we can do some more smaller projects like that. Where uh, where are you planning on touring? Uh, we have one date book so far. It's a a local uh, headliner. Oh, nice! It's our first, yeah, our first headliner, hometown headliner here in Kansas City. That'd be July tenth. Oh, okay. Aftershock in Merriam, Kansas, and uh, we're playing with uh, the Strive. We're playing with Hazing. They just got picked up with uh, In Vogue. Yep. And uh, playing with uh, She Sees Ghosts, mm. uh, some friends of ours here. Another uh, band we love is uh, Fiction Department. And then we're going to book another band pretty soon. Oh, that's great. But uh, we'll probably do, we'll make a whole weekend run out of that. We'll probably head up somewhere in Nebraska or Iowa. Yeah. We're still waiting to get some delayed, some dates solidified. But our, uh, our agent's working on that. Yeah. And we'll get some more dates later in July as well. Oh, very nice. That's awesome. Yeah, how is it'll be? It'll st start out mostly Midwest for yeah. this summer. Sure, we would love the to tour a lot more than we do. It just comes down to availability and money, right? Of course. Right. Well, what is what is the scene like where you are right now? I feel like there's a dead spot for a long while, and just the last couple of years, it's really felt like it's really growing. A lot of good bands. Are around now and playing and, and getting picked up on with all these other companies. Um, yeah, pop punk seems to be making a cool comeback here. There's oh, a lot okay. of metal bands in town, a lot of hardcore bands. Mm -hmm. uh, we have there's a lot of friends that we know in other cities that come to Kansas City all the time now, which is great. We get to network outside of the city as well. Right. That's awesome. It's nice kind of being in the middle too, because a lot of cities can just come down here and. and it's not too far from anyone. Yeah. It's a, yep. it's a pretty good vantage point for regional touring as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it, yeah, exactly. It makes it easier for you guys because you're in the middle. So it's not so, so far to go to these different places. Yeah. No, very true. So I guess on the, on the topic of touring and things as well, the question that I very much enjoy asking. So if you could fantasy book yourself with like different bands that you would go off on tour with, <laughs> Like, do you have Hans an idea? Zimmer. Go ahead. Let's tour with Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I know we all we all probably have our own people. A fantasy tour. Yeah. Like, let's put Cross Faith on there. Okay. All right. From Japan. Yep. Uh, thirty seconds to Mars. Nice. nice. That would be. Oh. <laughs> Who else is crazy live? Um, Trans Siberian Orchestra. Play <laughs> with them too. We'll do a Christmas show. Yes. yes. <laughs> None of these bands will fit each other at all, That's but okay. it will be a really good <laughs> there you go. to Doesn't matter. Yeah. The ghost of Freddie Mercury. Uh -huh. Oh, of course. I'm sure there's <laughs> a hologram have somewhere. We'll have a, yeah, we'll have a hologram. Yeah. There you go. They're all the rage. <laughs> or are they? Was that like so a couple of years ago? Yeah, sorry, Craig, you're out of it. I, oh, we can get Ellie Golding on there too. Yeah. Oh, there, there you go. go. 
<laughs> no, that's that's funny. I gotta say, this is the first time. Uh, Craig, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the first time in an interview where influences and fantasy booking a tour that no that they did not say uh, bring me the horizon. It, that, yeah, right. the think, very first time. I think they're they're actually playing here tonight. They're here tonight, yeah, right bring now. The horizon is within. 20 minutes of Young Medicine yep. currently. And, and, you're, wow. and you're doing Ian Hates Music Podcast? And we're doing the podcast. <laughs> what what an amazing plug that is. <laughs> there I you never, go. I never got into them. We, we turned down the offer. We, we figured <laughs> that something we had to do. I, <laughs> well, we appreciate it. We are definitely using that as a quote. That is, that is on the bottom of every podcast from now on. <laughs> but yeah, you never got into the music? I didn't. I didn't uh, care for Bring Me the Horizon too much. Josh uh, and I do. We like their stuff. Yeah. There was when they put out Shadow Moses a couple years back. Mm -hmm. I started paying attention mostly just because I really like Metal Gear Solid. Oh sure. Which, if you know those games, you yep. know Shadow Moses. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. No, for sure. And actually, on on the let's just even switch topics again on video games. Do you guys get? I mean, obviously you have influences in your music and video games. Do you guys have any favorite series that you follow? Video game? I know. Yep. Brett and I both are are big into video games. I kind of got back into it uh, a few years ago. It had been a long time since I played any, but uh, I'm kind of a JRPG guy. I like Final Fantasy games yes. a lot. Perfect. Are you looking Anything forward to? Do you already have Final Fantasy 15 pre-ordered? I do. Me too. He doesn't even have yeah. PS4 yet. But oh, I don't even have the PlayStation 4 yet. He's but. got the game first. I'll get it. Eventually. <laughs> JRPGs oh, was kind of more difficult for me to get into. Mm -hmm. I have been. He has been pushing me to like, Final Fantasy VII's on Steam now. Oh, he yes. really wants to play that. Yep. As well as Crisis Core. Mm -hmm. But JRPGs were always kind of hard for me to get into. I, I like a lot of Western RPGs more. So and like then, the Red Dead Redemption type thing. I, I do. I like any pretty much. I guess any game with a big story. Oh, okay. So I guess Final Fantasies have big story to big mm -hmm. stories too, but it's kind of culturally different, so it's harder for me to get into. Sure. Metal They're Gear. more narrative driven as opposed to like this is you in this world. I do. Yeah, things where it's you in that world are pretty big, but I have I haven't had nearly. I mean, none of us have enough time for it anymore. I'd I'd love to yeah. just do video games and music all the time. But, right. <laughs> um, no, I agree. Living the dream. Yeah, no, right? yeah. With all the podcasts and stuff, it does take a lot of time. But Final, uh, sorry, Final Fantasy Fifteen is definitely on my list. That's a, that's one of the things I'll squeeze into the schedule because I have to. That kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, that's I'll probably check yeah. that one out. I have I did watch the first episode of the anime they're doing with it, and I know it's kind of this giant multimedia like na brand name that they're doing. Like they're doing the movie with like a bunch of Game of Thrones actors. Yep. And they have the anime on YouTube yeah, in the game. So. They're going all out because they know this is pretty much the last chance. For the, <laughs> like this, If this yeah. doesn't work, they're going to completely demolish. Even though they are redoing Final Fantasy VII, which will get them tons and tons of money. So, yep. yeah. We're trying for... The reason why I'm talking about this, I'm trying for a sponsorship for Final Fantasy. That's all I want. That's, I don't think it's going to work out, though. I don't think so. Uh, Craig, what do you got? Yeah. So no, I can't. I feel bad. I can't contribute to this. I haven't played video games in years. I remember <laughs> playing like my brother played Call of Duty. He would play online. He's like, "Oh, just try it, just try it." I don't know how many years ago, and I just spun around in a circle and then was dead <laughs> in like two seconds. And I'm like, "All right, I'm good at those kind of games." I try to play those with some of my buddies, but 
they're just all infinitely better than me, and I just feel bad about myself doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is not entertaining to me at all. I'm just losing. Um, now, you're talking about playing live and how it's hard because obviously you add like a lot of keyboard parts or you try and blow the song out because you like it to kind of be big and it's hard to play all those parts. Do you guys ever use kind of like any like loop pedals or anything on stage to kind of be able to add those layers? Uh, that'd be a good thing to try. We haven't done that yet. We've yeah. always just done like, oh, well, we can't play this part, so I guess we'll throw it on the track and hopefully it'll sound good. Oh, sure. But yeah, we haven't played around with anything like that. Our drummer does have a little electronic pad okay. on his kit so we can trigger all kinds of sounds. Oh, that's awesome. drops or, I don't know, hand claps. Weird. He has some weird stuff on there, too. He'll pull out when we least expect it. Yeah, the sub drops are my favorite. Like, anytime I see like, oh, a heavy yes. band play and they go into a breakdown and they hit that drop, like, it just puts a smile on my face every time. Our last couple tours, we brought with us uh, a very large sub because a lot of the smaller venues don't have uh, accommodations for that kind of low end. So sure. it's nice to be able to bring that with us. In yeah. DC, we knocked a light bulb out of oh, the yeah. ceiling. <laughs> oh, really? Stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's, we were we were breaking glass. That's something. awesome. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was just curious. So, like, what kind of um? I mean, what's your typical setup or like kind of the stuff that you use equipment wise when when you tour? On an ideal stage or when we have to make it condensed? <laughs> uh, let's go with both. Let's yeah, start both. with the condensed, and then let's go with what your kind of ideal setup would be. I've I've just got my laptop and my keytar and okay. microphone. Okay. Um, and so I can kind of put those. Anywhere I usually keep them over by the drummer. Sure, I can go back and play keys or go up front if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, our drummer has his all of his stuff on a rack, so he just kind of folds it up and walks it off stage. Try, we try to keep things as efficient as possible because I know set changes always suck and everyone's always running late. And uh, if you can be the band that that is on the ball and on time, like every promoter will love you and want to book you again. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, of course. Uh, what about like Josh? What kind of what's his like pedal board look like, or does he does he use a pedal board even? He's just got uh, he's just got some like an overdrive, some a noise gate, just okay. some, a tuner, nothing much. He runs an Ingle uh, Screamer, I believe, going into an Orange Cab. Okay, oh. and those are all in a live-in case. Sure. So he just wheels it on stage. Peter's got a live-in case too. What gear what do you use? Um, Josh and I both have can. Uh, live-in cases. Yeah. Um, Josh doesn't have any pedals that he kind of like messes with on the fly. Sure. Like, like other guitarists might. Um, he, he just kind of puts it in a cubby next to his head. And then for me, I've got... I don't think he switches guitars at all either. I think we, he just wants to. Same. I think he might be... We might be looking and doing that more because some of our... We're starting to write stuff that's all in different tunings or whatever. Sure. As far as my setup goes, um, Josh and I both have the same Line 6 wireless unit that is mm -hmm. really nice yeah um, my keytar is wireless too we try to keep it i think the only thing that's not wireless is brett's microphone which oh yeah i feel like oh. he should look into but <laughs> um i i run a galian kruger um rb 1001 through a sansant preamp that i can't remember the name of the exact model and then my just like i've got the sansamp and then i've got a, an actual line six thing that goes into a head into a rack space that oh, I'm, nice. really, I'm able to switch between my two bases wireless units just by hitting a button. Oh, oh that's which nice. Makes the uh, switch between my instruments pretty seamless and quick for me, which is good because w Living Fiction was the first song we started playing live that I had to switch to a five string bass. Oh, really? To hit there because 
these assholes decided to start writing <laughs> stuff on, with low A. Oh, is that what you, I was just about to ask what you A lot uh, A or C. Okay. Uh, is a lot of what of ours are. Like I don't dirty uh, things. It fits is, our vocals is what we wrote around. Okay. All right. Right. Now with A, do you use just the six string, or do you go down to the? Do you do a seven string, uh, like guitar wise? Yeah, I think Josh tried a seven string once and didn't like it. He returned it. <laughs> yeah, he returned the guitar. He played it one practice. Was like, oh, so he just drops his string to a. He might be. I told him to get a baritone yeah. guitar. That's what I have. Yeah, and just stick with the six string and then have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on my six string, just like with a standard you know, fret size and everything, I think I can get down to like B, and then if I go down to B flat, it starts to get wonky. So I don't know that I could <laughs> even hit A in that tuning before they just be so loose. Yeah, yeah, but C's. I mean, C's good. I like that. that gives you enough of that like really low end. Uh, yeah, see, I, uh, I think Living Fiction was in like B flat. Living yeah, Fiction. A. It's, it's an A. Oh, it's an A. One of them is in B flat, but yeah, I, that that kind of range is is better for our vocals. Just some of the li- vocal lines we write tend to work better for that. Yeah, we'll and figure out what works best for our vocals first, and then that, make everything else fit. I know you guys kind of write around vocals, like we that's the to. focus is the is the best vocals as we can, and then work with that sort of thing. Yeah, we're we're more songwriters first than right. we are musicians, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sure. Well, I what, know Josh and I aren't. We're not fantastic singers. We're not fantastic at our instruments, but we try to put the songwriting first and then figure out how to make that happen. Sure. And what uh, what are some of the topics? I don't even think we covered that before. What are some of the topics you like to uh, sing about when you're actually doing it? Mm. I usually... My lyrics are, are... I try to write a whole bunch about one thing, like mm-hmm. either one moment in my life or one emotion I felt. I know Josh is more of a storyteller. Okay. So he has tons of things to write about, but he has to condense it into one song. Right. So again, we're kind of opposites, but we try to, it, it helps, I think. And then you, from- you're able to combine into one, or is it more that you kind of write more of one song and he kind of writes more of another, but you help each other out on whatever, uh, like for you, if it's that emotion or that moment. He can actually, if he's experienced that, he can kind of help with it. Is that kind of how? Yeah, you... it's kind of like that. Well, okay. Once when someone starts a song, like the other person tries to contribute to exactly what that was going for. Okay. And yeah. So with uh, you know, I'm I'm assuming you've got the you've got the new music video uh for Living Fiction coming out soon. You're working on new material. What what kind of direction are you looking at with your new material that you're working on? Josh has uh. Another Asian sounding song. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very halftime epic ish. Nice. Uh, like he likes. I've got another more pop punk song okay. uh, that I've been working on for a while. He finally let me come back in. That was one that they had, the one that he's talking about here. They had that um, kind of on the, at the level almost ready to put the finishing touches on when I joined up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just did. Brett finally let me come back and track bass for it because the first. I think song, before that we just had we had a fake bass on it. Oh, okay. okay. Trying to get it done quickly. The but. first song I tracked bass for was Living Fiction. Yep. So that's the of all our songs, that's the only one that I'm. You're actually hearing me. Ah, oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, the new one that Josh is working on and is super excited about is definitely more kind of an anime sounding one, but he's very much going for the big. 
movie trailer. Sound he kind of envisions what it's going to look like live and how to impress people. Oh, okay. okay. So he tries to put that in the songs to like, oh, this would be a cool part where we could all do this. <laughs> and that's kind of his thought process when he writes as well. I like that. That uh, that probably leads to pretty epic ideas for uh, for your music videos as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very nice. We're excited to get this. We I have a I know he Josh has got because he's the video guy. He's got a ton of ideas that he wants to work on it. I just have a I just have a hint at what we could possibly do. But yeah, once we get some footage and start working with it and figuring out what we, what we want to do, um, yeah, hopefully we'll make it awesome. Yeah, oh, I know we're looking course. forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And when can people expect kind of the the next release from Young Medicine? I'm gonna get uh, late summer. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that works. And we you... will have a uh, couple more of those smaller kind of acoustic symphonic songs coming out uh, mm -hmm. next month and the month after as well. Sure. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Craig, uh, what do you got? I'm. I you think good? I'm all out. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I think, I think I'm good as well. Um, how are you guys doing then? Doing good. Good. It's okay. Been great. Yeah, I awesome. think I think we're uh, we're all set then. If everyone's awesome. good. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for being on. And as thank you. you guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. And if you guys are ever you know tour up in the Boston area, which is where we are, let us know. We'd love to come out and and you know meet you guys Absolutely. in person Definitely. and hang out. Yeah, yeah awesome. If you if you could. Uh, we're gonna, like I said, we'll we'll put everything of how to how people can get to you uh, in the description. But if you want, if you want to say right now the best places to reach you guys, I think that'd be great. Yeah, Facebook.com/slash Young Medicine. Uh, we got Instagram.com/slash Young Medicine. Um, those are the kind of the main things we do. Yeah, uh, okay. you can hear all our music on those. Uh, get in touch. We just launched YoungMedicineMusic.com. Awesome. Yep. Got to say that. For sure. Uh, yeah. So I mean that right now it's just uh, has all our current content and uh, we'll get some more dates, tour dates up updated on that as we go. And uh, yeah, thank you for having us on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Thanks for joining us. Is, it's on Spotify, Amazon, yeah. yep. YouTube, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can listen to music, you can probably find us there. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and we've we've been uh, trying to promote as much as we can too because we want everyone to hear this as well because we really we do enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah no, of course. <laughs> no, it's, we, this is our pleasure having you guys on here. This was a lot of fun. Exactly. We really appreciate what you're doing, the music you're making. I think other people need to hear it. Yep. Thank, thank you. you. Yep. Yeah. So once again, uh, thank you to Brett and Peter from Young Medicine. Uh, this was great, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you guys soon. Thanks yeah, a lot, we'll guys. talk to you later. Yep, thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Stand up.